This week on Destination Journey, join me on an adventure through the American Southwest. The destination, the Grand Canyon. The journey, four states in four days. It may sound intense, but it's one of my all-time favorite road trips. Pack your bags. It's time for an adventure. Hi, I'm Patrika Elise, and I'm all about creative, responsible travel. Join me weekly for stories and tips that'll inspire you to create your own adventure. In travel and in life, it's not always about where we're going. It's how we get there that matters most. This is Destination Journey, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Destination Journey. I am so excited that you've decided to join me on this grand adventure. Since this is the inaugural episode of the show, I'd like to give you a little context on who I am and why I tell travel stories. As you may have heard in the intro, my name is Patrika Elise. I'm a marketing entrepreneur and travel content creator who's deeply passionate about creating incredible experiences. The goal of this show is to inspire you to see travel in a new way. I've been traveling since before I can remember, but I took my journey into my own hands about six years ago, and I found new ways to explore destinations and creative ways to even get there in the first place, and it was a life-changing experience. While I share travel content on Instagram, it's just not the same as being able to tell you the full story, hence this podcast. I'd love to hear from all of you as you come along for the ride. So you can always send your questions in to questions at destinationjourney.co. One more note before we dive into today's episode. In this podcast and future episodes, I'll be sharing my perspective as a femme presenting woman of color. At the time of this recording, I've visited 41 out of the 50 U.S. states, and I've learned firsthand that travel in the U.S. looks differently across regions, states, cities, neighborhoods, and even down to the individual streets. And while my experience is certainly reflective of the challenges that Black women face in the U.S. and even abroad, there are plenty of others who experience a far greater threat than I do when traveling. And I recognize that the privilege I have allows me to travel in ways that so many many others can't. And that being said, I will always share my honest and authentic experience, including the precautions that I take when visiting somewhere new. After all, researching a destination and the routes that I'll take to get there from a safety perspective has to be a pretty major part of my journey in order to protect myself so that I can get back home to tell you all these amazing stories. So while I can't speak to everyone's individual experiences, I'll do my best to amplify stories that show the vastness in personal travel experiences. I hope that sharing enough of these adventures will help you start your travel planning process and give you the tools to find the best way for you to travel safely. I hope that one day I won't even have to think twice before hitting the road, but until that day comes, and quite frankly, beyond that, I'll keep sharing my truth with you. Thank you in advance for your open-mindedness and willingness to learn about the experiences of others. All right, let's dive right into this adventure. Our destination is the Grand Canyon, but we won't be visiting for another two days. For this trip, 
our first official stop is Albuquerque, New Mexico. While most people recommend flying into Phoenix or Las Vegas when visiting the Grand Canyon, I wanted to try an approach that would lead me to visit four states in four days. For this trip, I started out of New York City with a three and a half hour layover in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'd actually never been to Minnesota before, so in my truest form, I hopped in a rideshare and headed to the Mall of America, which, according to Wikipedia, is the largest mall in the world. I don't count myself as having visited a state until I experienced something outside of the airport. And since the Mall of America is a less than 10 minute drive away from the Minneapolis airport, this was the perfect quick experience. Of course, if you choose to do this layover hack, make sure you allow enough time for lots of traffic and enough time to get back through security at the airport. There was one tiny problem with my grand idea though. I was traveling on Christmas Day and the mall was closed, so ultimately I stood outside in the freezing cold to take a quick picture and then ran right back into my rideshare. The driver showed me that classic Midwestern kindness and offered to wait so that I wouldn't have to find another rideshare while shivering uncontrollably outside of a giant closed mall. So my experience outside the airport was brief, but an experience nonetheless. After grabbing a delicious biscuit and tater tots from the Smack Shack, a Minneapolis gem I discovered inside the Minneapolis airport, I boarded my flight to the Albuquerque International Sunport. I definitely owe Minnesota another visit, so I'll be back. The Albuquerque International Sunport is an amazing introduction to New Mexico history and culture. When you arrive, you're instantly plunged into a world of Southwestern art, history, and architecture. According to the ABQ Sunport website, the Sunport sees 415 flights a day on average, and it's served by eight major airlines. Of course, flight prices and trends change all the time, so it's always worth checking smaller airports when you're looking for new places to visit. You might save a lot. And if you're a history nerd like me, you'll love walking around this airport and learning from all of the different displays. While in Albuquerque, I met up with my family who had flown in to meet me from other states. We ate at Yasmin's Cafe, a delicious Mediterranean restaurant with amazing seafood. After enjoying a wonderful meal, my family and I also had the chance to visit the ABQ Biopark. The Biopark is a one-stop shop for all things nature education. It has everything from an aquarium to a zoo to botanical gardens, plus special events. I spent my time walking around the grounds and enjoying some native New Mexico foliage. The walking paths were a perfect way to enjoy the fresh air and have an opportunity to move after being on a plane for the majority of the day. Unfortunately, it was too late to buy tickets to visit any of the exhibits by the time I arrived, but I know I'll visit next time I'm in the city. After sunset, I was exhausted from the day of travel, so we headed to our hotel to rest up for the next day of adventure. My family and I stayed at the Sinesta ES Hotel in Albuquerque. We were only there for a few hours, but we definitely enjoyed our stay. When I'm seeking out hotels for travel, I try to balance the cost and experience. Most of the time, you might want to spend your time exploring each new place you visit, so you might not even spend much time at your room. This means you can try booking low to no frills hotels that are affordable but also cover all your basic needs. 
When you're planning your next trip, I'd encourage you to check all the hotels in the area, not just the chains you might be used to, because oftentimes boutique and lesser known hotels are locally owned and you can support responsible travel practices by booking local. So before we wrap up our quick stop in Albuquerque, New Mexico, here are a few fun facts about the city. Albuquerque has a rich and diverse cultural environment, which was one of the reasons I felt comfortable visiting this as a city to explore. Here's a small snippet from visitalbuquerque.org. Albuquerque is home to more than the Native American, Hispanic, and Latino cultures for which New Mexico is well known. Our multicultural city includes African American, Asian, Middle Eastern, and many other diverse communities, creating a unique and modern Southwestern blend. In fact, more than 70 different ethnicities call Albuquerque home. Next, many popular films and TV shows were shot in Albuquerque, including Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, The Avengers, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, and many more. Finally, Albuquerque is known as the ballooning capital of the world. Each October, the Albuquerque International Balloon Festival takes place, and it's considered to be the most photographed event in the world. This year's festival takes place from October 1st through 8th, 2022. I'd love to go, but that's the week of my birthday, and I have a different trip planned this year, so maybe next time. Now, let's take a break and then jump into day two. We're back. For the next day of our adventure, we're hopping in the rental car for a great southwestern road trip. Now, you might remember that I mentioned visiting four states in four days, so the drive to our next stop in Cortez, Colorado is going to take us about four hours, but it's a drive through beautiful desert scenery. My family and I actually stopped several times along the way just so we could get out to take pictures because it was so beautiful. I highly recommend traveling with a tripod so that next time you're going somewhere like this, you can capture these moments easily. Cortez, Colorado is a small municipality on the southwestern border of the state. Cortez's population is about 8,500, and it has a very active cultural center, which offers many opportunities to learn about the history of the region. The center also hosts nightly Native American dances. While the population here is pretty small, the people are diverse and welcoming, and I felt more than comfortable when visiting. While in Cortez, we had an amazing meal at the Fiesta Mexicana restaurant, which is easy to reach from the highway and has been in the community for over 20 years. This local gem was a great way to chat with local people while enjoying some traditional Mexican cuisine. So while our time in Cortez, Colorado was pretty brief, this stop on the road trip was so much fun and it left me in awe of the beauty of Southern Colorado. The next time I'm in Cortez, I hope to visit Mesa Verde National Park, which is less than a 15 minute drive away. Here's a snippet from the National Park Service website. For over 400 years, the ancestral Pueblo people built thriving communities on the mesas in the cliff of Mesa Verde. Today, the park protects the rich cultural heritage of 26 pueblos and tribes and offers visitors a spectacular window into the past. This World Heritage Site and International Dark Sky Park is home to over a thousand species, including several that live nowhere else on Earth. Sounds pretty amazing to me. 
We've got several more stops on day two of this adventure, so it's time to hit the road. Our next stop along the way to ultimately reaching the Grand Canyon is the Four Corners Monument. The Four Corners Monument Navajo Tribal Park is about a 45-minute drive away from Cortez, Colorado. This park, along with many others in the area, which we'll get to a little later, is located in Navajo Nation. So make sure that if you're heading this way, you check the local laws before visiting to make sure that you're prepared to comply with local regulations. According to NavajoNationParks.org, the Navajo Nation Reservation covers 25,000 square miles and four states, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and Utah. The Four Corners Monument is a quadrapoint, or an intersection of the borders between four states, and it's the only one within the U.S. It's located on both the Navajo Nation Reservation and the Ute Reservation. According to Wikipedia, the concept of the monument dates back to the American Civil War, when the expansion of states, well, stealing of land, of course, occurred during this time. The surveys for the borders were finalized in 1901, and the first modern version of the monument was built in 1923. It's since been rebuilt a few times, most recently in 1992 and 2010. Admission to the Four Corners Monument is currently $8 a person, but this can change at any time, so make sure that you check the website before you visit. When I visited, it was the month of December, and the lines were minimal and moved relatively quickly. It's a pretty cool experience and a fun place to stop through when you're passing through the area. The monument is also surrounded by local artisans, and the shops are a great way to make sure that you're giving back to the community while purchasing genuine Navajo souvenirs. I also had the chance to try fry bread for the first time, and it was incredible, so I highly recommend checking out the food trucks that are also near the monument. We still have one more stop on our day of road tripping through the southwest. It's time to catch the sunset at Monument Valley, which spans 92,000 acres along the border of Arizona and Utah. Monument Valley is another Navajo tribal park that's a little over a two-hour drive away from the Four Corners Monument. The beautiful desert scenery along the way is even more incredible to witness as sunset approaches. There are so many ways to experience Monument Valley. I mean, just driving up to the Navajo Nation Visitor Center will allow you to get an amazing view. And if you're visiting during the day, I suggest that you try checking out the 17-mile loop that allows you to drive on the unpaved roads through the amazing geological structures. The hours are limited and permits are only issued to 25 cars at a time, so definitely plan ahead if you want to experience this. The park also offers guided Jeep tours with Navajo guides, camping, hiking, and the famous Mexican hat formation. Watching the sunset over the valley was absolutely breathtaking and probably one of the best sunsets I've ever experienced. And there's also something pretty amazing about the darkness in the desert. I'll take any chance I can get to see the stars with so little light pollution. Now it's time to drive the last two hours of our day to Tuba City, Arizona, where we'll end our day and prepare for the next day of exploration. So let's take a break and then we'll be ready for an exciting day at the Grand Canyon.
We're back and ready for day three of this whirlwind adventure through the southwestern United States. So far, we've visited Albuquerque, New Mexico, Cortez, Colorado, the Four Corners Monument and Monument Valley in Navajo Nation, and now Tuba City, Arizona. This small city located in Navajo Nation is welcoming and full of history. There's only one hotel in the city, the Navajo Land Hotel of Tuba City. While it's pretty low frills, it was clean and comfortable and the staff was friendly. They also offered free breakfast with the stay and hey, cutting food costs when traveling is always welcome in my book. Tuba City is also home to the Navajo Code Talkers Museum. If you haven't learned about how influential this group was during World War II, it's an amazing story of how U.S. Marines of Navajo descent created a complex language to communicate during the war. I'm planning a bonus episode where we can dive deeper into the incredible history of the Navajo Nation with some folks who are far more qualified to tell these stories than I am, so stay tuned. After breakfast and coffee in Tuba City, we were ready to get a very early start so that we could finally visit the destination of this trip, the Grand Canyon. From Tuba City, the trip takes a little over an hour to get to the Grand Canyon East Entrance. Visitors can go to the North Rim or South Rim, but since I visited in December, I was only able to visit the South Rim, which is open year-round. There's a fee per car to enter the Grand Canyon National Park, so be sure to check the latest fees when you're planning your trip. The park also hosts several fee-free days if you're looking to save on admission. Here's a small excerpt from the National Park Service website, nps.gov. Grand Canyon National Park in northern Arizona encompasses 278 miles, or 447 kilometers, of the Colorado River and adjacent uplands. Located on the ancestral homeland of 11 associated tribes, Grand Canyon is one of the most spectacular examples of erosion anywhere in the world, unmatched in the incomparable vistas it offers visitors on the rim. When my family and I visited, we entered at the east entrance, which allows you to experience the Desert View Drive. This is the only scenic drive at the park, and it is well worth it. The Desert View Watchtower is also a really nice stop if you'd like to get some coffee and souvenirs from local vendors. Of course, the Grand Canyon speaks for itself. I mean, I always knew that it would be stunning to see in person, but I was genuinely speechless. It's just hard to fathom just how large it is, and while I spent a good portion of the day there, I really only saw a very small section of the park. The great thing is that there are plenty of scenic outlooks that allow you to get absolutely amazing photos. Most visitors were friendly and happy to take pictures for others, but I still recommend traveling with a foldable tripod so that you can get the pictures you want without having to try to flag someone else down. The South Rim has tons of activities to enjoy if you want to do more than just walk the canyon. There are organized hikes, educational classes, a theater, and more. And you can even go on rafting trips down the Colorado River, which sounds pretty exciting to me, and I definitely want to try that next time. Also, I actually really enjoy camping, so I think that next time I'll spend more time at the Grand Canyon so that I can experience a longer hike and an overnight stay under the stars. Have you visited the Grand Canyon? Tag at Destination Journey Show on Instagram to have your photo featured in our stories. 
After a packed half day spent exploring the incredible Grand Canyon, my family and I hopped back into our car to head to our last stop in the Southwest, Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix is about a four hour drive from the Grand Canyon, so make sure you're rested for a trip like that. We decided to visit the Sonoran Mountain Preserve before it got too dark, and I'm happy that we did. This is a great way to get up close to some amazing southwestern flora. There are tons of cacti and other desert plants, which were pretty cool to see up close as someone who's only ever lived on the east coast of the U.S. Walking through downtown Phoenix at night was fun. While I was there, I enjoyed visiting the Civic Space Park, which is right across the street from the Arizona State University campus. The park features a captivating art installation by artist Janet Eckelman. According to Wikipedia, the sculpture, which is constructed of netting suspended above the park, which makes it look like it's almost floating, is titled Her Secret is Patience, and it's named after a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, which says, Adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience. While in Phoenix, I did try the famous In-N-Out fast food restaurant. While I don't eat fast food often, it's pretty cool to experience regional chains like this one. Plus, I love any place where I can get fries, so this was a great stop. After an evening in Phoenix, it was time to head to the airport for a red-eye flight home. This saved us the cost of an extra hotel night. And I was sad to leave the Southwest, but overall, it was an incredibly memorable journey that I'll definitely never forget. That was a lot of travel in a very short amount of time, but don't worry, all the trips on this show won't be this intense. I do have to admit, I'd do this one again in a heartbeat. The great thing about this trip is that you can adapt it to your preference. Take a few nights at one of the places we stopped along the way, or try an entirely different approach. The journey is truly yours to experience and create. Here are a few final things to take away from today's journey. Some of the best cost-saving methods that we used were renting a fuel-efficient car that was the smallest necessary for the trip, eating at local places that weren't in touristy areas, finding free and low-cost attractions, and flying a red-eye flight back home to save a night in hotels. You can use these same concepts for any destination. Number two, always research the latest regulations when visiting Native American land. The local laws may be different from the surrounding area, and it's very important to be respectful and comply with these laws when visiting. And finally, don't get caught up in how long you can stay somewhere. This was a short, less than four-day trip, and that was all that we could make happen with our work schedules and finances at the time, but it was still incredible. The more self-imposed limits that you can remove when traveling, the more amazing your adventure will be. So it's time to wrap up today's journey, but don't worry, the adventure continues next week with a trip to the Pacific Northwest. If you enjoyed traveling with me today, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and feel free to leave a rating on your platform of choice. Thanks so much for joining me and I'll see you on our next adventure. Thanks for listening to Destination Journey, a podcast about creative, responsible travel. Destination Journey is written, executive produced, and hosted by Patrika Elise in partnership with Circle and Sphere Productions and with support from Natisha Chopra, Matador, and the Cheston crew. Patrick, Lisa, Devika, Jarissa, Joey, and Matt. 
If you'd like to ask a question, contact questions at destinationjourney.co. If you'd like to see your destination featured on the show, reach out to locations at destinationjourney.co. Remember to travel safely and always enjoy the adventure along the way. Until next time.